This is the Tana Talks podcast, where we break all of the social media rules and we just keep it real. No filters, no Photoshop, just real people having real talks. I'm your host, Montana Duran. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week of quarantine podcasting. And we're out here. Welcome back. Thank you for your continued support, your continued listening. I love you guys. I'm honestly just like blown away by every single person that is listening to this. Like if you're listening to this, like you're a real one and I'm obsessed with you and I love you. Um, so the people that aren't listening, like they're really missing out. But I just wanted to say welcome in, you know, another quarantine podcast. We did this one over the phone again. I just can't wait till the day comes when I can actually sit down with people face to face and do this because it's fine to like have a FaceTime and then do it. But I am a face to face kind of gal, you know, even on the Internet. Like I feel like I look better in person. I feel like I'm funnier in person than I am online. Like I'm not an online gal, but I am kind of blown away at all this technology and all that. So just, you know what? Thank you guys for your continued listening to these um, quarantine podcasts over the phone. You know, just the whole world is podcasting on their phone. All the TV is on their phones. Everything is Zoom, Skype. It's just, it's a weird and a wild time to be alive. Like I'm grateful to be alive right now in this technology because it would like really be kind of trash if you're quarantined and stuck at home with no technology. So like we are very blessed, but also I, I'm just ready to be able to see humans again besides just like my family. I love them. I do. Yeah. So so if you're new here, because I have a feeling we're going to have some new listeners today because my friend Micah is very popular on the interwebs. So if you're new here, hi, hello, how are you? My name is Montana. Welcome in. And I just want to explain, like, this is a safe space for people to come, tell their stories, kind of just get below that surface level internet, Instagram, highlight real connection, and just talk about what makes us us. Because I am going to say this for eternity, but there's so much power in your story. You're the only person on this planet that could be going through and have went through the things that you've went through. Only you can handle them and only you have your story. And we're all so interconnected and intertwined and we can all learn from each other. So I learned so much from Micah. He is truly he is a writer he has a new book coming out this friday he is a singer a musician he um (laughs) is getting his freaking phd he's gonna be a neuroscientist like come on and truly one of the most like humble and down-to-earth people and i really enjoyed this conversation so i just want to hop in and Guys, you were really in for a treat. This was amazing. I know I say that about everybody that comes on, but truly, you guys continue to blow me away by your stories and who you guys are. So here is Micah. I hope you guys enjoy. Once again, thank you for bearing with me in these quarantine on the phone recorded podcasts because you know I love some premium audio and it's been a little bit lacking, but the content is premium audio, like mediocre, but it's okay. God is good. I love you. I mean it. Here we go. 
Okay, one more quick thing before we get started on the podcast. Going to be a thirst monster for two seconds. But if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast, like it, or star it, or leave a review. Also, we made an Instagram for the podcast, so Tana Talks Podcast on Instagram. And check us out. Okay, love you. Bye. Hello. Hey. Hey, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Can you introduce yourself? We're recording. Yeah, so my name is Micah, uh, Micah Day, and I am just so excited to actually finally be on this podcast. I know we've been trying for a minute, and I think this is going to be really good, so yeah. I feel like you have been the hardest person to schedule with, so this better be the best podcast I've ever done in my life. Because I'm just so popular and everyone's trying to book me, you know? (laughs) Yes, everyone's booking you. So, Micah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from? Yeah. What so, you do? um, so I was born and raised in Maryland. Well, actually, I was born in North Carolina, but I grew up in Maryland. And then, uh, when for college, I came to Virginia to Liberty University, and I've been here since 2011. So it's like nine years, going on ten years that I've been here. Um, and I do love it here. Um, Lynchburg has become like home for me. And I serve as a behavior analyst um, for adults and children who have intellectual de- uh, developmental disabilities. So basically, like, I write behavior plans, and I write IEP goals and skill building goals. And I help people try to find jobs and all kinds of bunch of boring stuff that no one knows what I'm talking about. So no, yeah. I feel like you have to have a big heart to do that. And I was very shocked. So let's start. Let's like backtrack for a little bit. So you are how old? I'm 27, but I look, I literally look like I'm 15. Exactly. That's when you said 27. I literally almost spit out my water. So you're still in school, right? So yeah, I'm getting my doctorate um, in public health and hopefully good grief. Hopefully I finish that up in December of 2021. Um, and then I'll be able to say this. Are you ready for this? This is a major yes. flex right here. Okay. I can officially say that I'm a neuroscientist. <gasps> Are you serious? I know. Yep. No, I had, I'm shook right now. I am psychology and I did my last, my senior um, lab in neuroscience and I was so fascinated by it that I say if I ever go back to get my doctorate like I would be a neuroscientist I absolutely love it yeah so my my concentration is in neurodevelopmental um, disorder so I study um, all kinds of intellectual and developmental disabilities from a neurological level um, and I love it yeah okay so this takes me to who were you as a child like have you always had this inside of you you know like they ask you when you're a kid what did you want to be when you grew up did you did you know you wanted to do something like this absolutely not so like it's crazy when I was a kid (laughs) listen I wanted to be everything under the sun when I was a kid okay so first I thought I wanted to be a preacher I used to like take the bookshelf and I would make my like sister sit and she would like listen to me preach I thought I wanted to do that for a little bit um, I thought I wanted to be just like a stay at home dad. I went through this phase. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to work. Like I'm going to find me some sugar mama and she'll take care of me. Like, I'm not about working. Like, I'm just not about this. Life. Wow. Same. And then, <laughs> and then, um, 
for most of my childhood, I wanted to become a doctor. Um, and so like I went to a technical high school. Um, okay. I didn't go to like a normal like public school. Um, so at, like this school, it was all like preparing me to go to like into the sciences and like prepare me for med, med, med school one day. Yeah. And I became a CNA my senior year of high school. And I worked as a CNA my senior year of high school. And it was the worst job I've ever did in my life. And I realized that clinical medicine was not for me. So I got locked in the yeah, morgue. It takes, takes a special person. Yeah, that was like not for me. I was working three days in and I got locked into the morgue. And I was like, absolutely not. I cried oh, for no. 30 minutes. <laughs> so but uh yeah so I wanted to be a doctor and then I just realized that clinical medicine wasn't for me and so when I got my second year my second semester of college of my freshman year I switched to public health and I just really liked that more and it kind of sticked and then when I graduated um, I went back to my high school and I got to speak with the National Honor Society and the the president she had down syndrome and i was baffled i was like how how does this girl you know how is she smart on paper but also have like this intellectual and developmental deficit and yeah. so i asked her i said hey what are you going to do when you graduate and she was like i don't know and i was like what do you mean you don't know and she was like here in like public school i have all of the resources i need to be successful but then when i graduate it's kind of like they just throw you out there you know in the world and you're like figure it out and yeah that's when i kind of realized that there was this chasm between public health and special education so like how do we best maximize um how do we best medically treat individuals and at the same time maximize their education and the Lord just kind of like placed that on my heart. And that's how I fell into uh, special ed. And I began working for the school system. And then um, I got super involved with church. I attend Elevation, um, our run-up campus here in Virginia. And the Lord just like really spoke something to me. He was like, even though one can't intellectually grasp the gospel, they can still experience it by how we love on them. And that just wow. like the Lord just blew my mind with that. And it's so right. Like these kids may not be able to know the weight and the ramification of the cross and what the gospel truly means. But gosh, dang it. They know what love is and they know when someone yeah. loves them and when someone, you know, truly cares for them. And uh, that kind of has led me into this place now where I love what I do, but I know that the Lord is calling me into full-time ministry and that's, I'm sure we can get into that. That's a whole conversation in, in itself. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a mouthful, I know. That was so good. No, that quote that you just said, I'm going to have to go back in and that's a good one. <laughs> wow. I am shocked. You have such a big heart. I can just tell through the phone because you know we've never like actually met no but crazy and it's crazy because we know each other from the internet and who you are on the internet not trying to say that it's anything like I wouldn't I wouldn't know that this is what you do yeah and this is what because you you do you post all these singing clips and the writing stuff and I'm like I know that you 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 have um depth to you but I never knew that you had such a heart for for this and and it takes a special person to work with special needs yeah I um yeah I think like for me going back to like um childhood like for me like I mean I come from a broken home like my parents yeah that's what I was gonna say like what does what kind of environment and how did that affect yeah you? so 
my parents, I always lived with both of my parents. Uh, my parents divorced after 23 years. I was a sophomore in high school, um, in college um, when they divorced. But um, there was a lot of like emotional abuse, mental abuse um, in our home. My dad was an alcoholic. Um, he just wasn't um, the most stand up guy during my childhood. Yeah, yeah. And it's Relatable. I almost think like because the Lord knew that from the beginning, like he knew what my life was going to look like before I was even born. And I feel like from an early age, he gave me this sense of just this depth of just like love and empathy and, and intuition. Um, and that's something that like I still am trying to wrap my mind around like God, even through like the pain and the trauma that I've experienced as a child, like how is it that I still have this much joy and I still have this much love? I mean, I know it's only because of Christ himself, but just like what I've gone through as a kid, like these like little pieces of me of just always loving, always having this innate ability to forgive people. It's like, it's something I've always been able to do since I um, was a kid. And despite, like I said, just despite being hurt, um, I've just somehow been able to just love others um, despite of, and that it literally blows my mind till this day. Wow. That's so good. And I love how openly you talk about like the pain and the joy and the love and the, and almost empathy. And it makes you more empathetic. I think when you go through things like that, Yeah. but I feel like sometimes, and maybe you can speak into this, men have a harder time expressing their feelings and their emotions, but you seem very articulate of them. Yeah. How did, how did that happen? I think for me, I was in high school and I realized that either I could get revenge or I could get healing. And so I had to learn. I don't, I don't want to even say learn, like for me, just being open and honest and vulnerable, not necessarily with other people, Uh, but just like with myself and with God and where I am in my current stage of life, just being open and honest, like that really does serve as the catalyst for healing. And so, but I've also realized that we do need community. We were built for relationships and the church is a hospital. And if the church is a hospital, if you're sick and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, tell me where it hurts and you don't tell the doctor what's wrong with you, you're all you're going to do is walk out of that doctor's office sick, continue to be ill. And so yeah. it, we have to play a part in that. And that's, I mean, that's taken a lot, you know, a lot of years for me to get to, but I just realized that, man, like I had no other option, but to be honest with others, to be honest with myself and to God um, and, and realize that like my vulnerability just might help someone else. Um, and yeah. sometimes it sucks. Like, if I don't want to always expose, you know, some of the most intimate and deepest parts of me, but community is messy. Um, mm-hmm. It serves as a breeding ground for grace. And that, I think that is, to me, that's just the beauty in community and the beauty of being vulnerable um, because you do find freedom and other, pe- other people find freedom through that. So, and that's just been my experience. That's so good. And it's so true. That's my whole like basis for this platform is, your story can genuinely like change somebody's life because I know that someone's story changed my life. Like, yes, Jesus, but hearing other people's testimonies and things that only grows your faith and your testimony so much more when you hear others. So I think there's, 
there's something that wants you to feel shame about what you've been through and all that. But, and I think it's the enemy for sure. Like, but when you realize that there's so much power in what you've overcome, that's when you, you like, can't be stopped. Yeah. But you said, you said something really good and about like, you're, you're very open about your relationship with God. And I want to get into all the things that you're doing, but I do want to touch on this because I think sometimes for men, um, it's harder to submit to a relationship with God because you're so man and macho. And I think it might be the culture, but you're so open with it. And, and even though you and I can relate on having that earthly father, that wasn't always the best example. How did you decipher that with your relationship with God and, and being a man and trying to still be macho and all that? Yeah. So, wow. That's a, that's a good question. Good grief. That's a loaded question. Um, (laughs) I think one, you have to know who you are in Christ. And I think for me, I really can't, I think I'm different than a lot of other like guys because I could give a rat's like, you know, I could really, (laughs) I could really care what other people think. Cause like, I know who God has created me to be. And like, I know the gifts and talents he has given like me and um, I just know who I am in Christ. And so when you understand like who you are in Christ, the world really has no, has no leeway. And I think in today's generation, especially with like generation Z it's, I can't even imagine like going through middle school or high school today or like growing up as a teenager today because the the pressure is so crazy. The world's telling you, you have to do X, Y, and Z to be X, Y, and Z. There's so many labels. There's so many boxes that, you know, our society and the world is trying to put you in. And for me, it just really goes back to like, who are like, you are a man of God. Like you are a child of God. He has created you uniquely. Um, and it sounds like yeah. mushy gushy and it sounds, I don't know, might come off like feminine, but it really, no. but it really isn't. And it takes a strong place to get to that, to, I don't know, to get to that spot and say like, I, I know who I am. And yeah, that's good. Um, like I said, I can't speak for anyone else. I think I'm really different than a lot of guys out here. Um, but I've never struggled with, um, really trying to weigh my identity of what God sees as manhood and as what the world sees, um, what the world sees as manhood. No, I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So you spoke a bit about your, you know, your gifts and talents and from following you for a short little while, you are a man of many hats. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. So you sing, you write, you have written some books. That's what I want to talk about first. So I was shocked when you posted this little picture of you reading to these little kids and I melted (laughs) and then I read the caption and it's like, you you have a children's book. Can you please tell me about this? Yeah. So when I was working in the school system several years back, a lot of the kids I I was working with were like nonverbal um had a lot of major deficits but one thing that stuck out to me is that one a lot of them really aren't aware of their deficit and that is 
a innocence that they are afforded that we don't have. And despite all like challenges against them, they just live life to the complete fullest. They tackle life with all gusto and like all might in their hand. And that to me was like just extremely mind blowing. Um, and I just remember having a kid, he was nonverbal, but he was just the most happiest, joyous, smiley, bubbly, would run, do flips. He would be a baseball player um, mm-hmm. if, <laughs> in another life. <laughs> but like, I mean, he's just like super athletic, but it like got me thinking if kids, despite the challenges that they face, these kids who have special needs, if they can go through life and love on it you know they don't see color they don't see any of that you know they yeah. don't have any prejudice they are completely innocent and so if they can go through life and love every person that they see if they can just be exuberate joy in every capacity why as adults can we not do that why can we not yeah. begin to look at you know the brighter side of things or you know the, the, the be more positive or optimistic and I just realized that, like, we as adults can learn something from these kids despite having um, special needs. And so I wrote a children's book on character. And it's called Being Monsters. And you can get it on Amazon, little plug, or Barnes & Noble, Aww. or any bookstore that sells books. Well, all bookstores sell books. But <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, you can get it anywhere. Yeah. Books sold. And um, it's called Being Monsters. And it presents 12 different character traits and each character trait is presented with a monster. And so, you know, we kind of have this notion that monsters are scary, but I kind of present it in a way that monsters really aren't scary. They're just different. And isn't that just the world that we live in? Because oftentimes we are scared of what we aren't knowledgeable about. We are hesitant and we're apprehensive against things that we don't know anything about. And so, but if you just take the time to get to know someone, you realize that we're way more similar than we're different and we have a lot more in common. And so each, yeah, so each character trait is presented with a monster and it's in poetic form. It's on a second grade reading level. And so you get to read about different character traits like honesty and courage. And so um, the child is able to read these cute little poems and then it's a workbook as well. So this, the kid can identify, hey, what are three ways I can be honest today? What are five ways that I'm going to be courageous today? Um, and it just really just builds up their self-esteem um, and begins to build on these character traits. So it's not necessarily a book for kids who have special needs, but it was definitely inspired um, by the kids that I used to work with. And so how that came along, as you, I'm sure you're probably going to ask, uh, yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, I love that. I'm about to buy please it. Please do. <laughs> um, please do. <laughs> so um, there used to be a guy here at Liberty. So we have this thing called convocation. And Johnny Moore used to um, oversee um, convocation. Well, I was I okay. used to work with Johnny Moore's cousin. And so um, I went to uh, I went to my friend one day and I was like, hey, man, I have this book that I wrote. And by the way, I wrote that children's book in one day. I sat for 10 hours wow. at my grandparents house over the summer and spent all day writing it. I mean, I it took like a month or so of just like revising it. But 
-hmm. I wrote it basically in one day. I did all the graphics for it. And so I go to my buddy and I'm like, hey, man, I wrote this manuscript. I'm really trying to get it published. I've looked at different self uh, publishing routes, but it's just way too expensive. And I don't have like $15,000 to do that. And so I was like, yeah. hey, man, like you should really present this to Johnny. And he was like, yeah, man, I got you. Um, and I'm just thinking he's just being a bro. And it's like, yeah, like he's just basically just saying that. And mm -hmm. uh, he gets married and Johnny is the one officiating Seth's wedding. And so I was able to meet Johnny that day. And Seth is like, Johnny, yo, so Michael wrote this book. Like, it's dope. You should definitely like hear his vision behind it. And so I got to talk to Johnny a little bit. And uh, Johnny was like, I love this idea. And so nothing really went forth after after that conversation. Um, and about three weeks, I mean, not three weeks, three months later, Seth comes to me and he's like, hey, man, Johnny really wants to know more. Um, can you do a FaceTime call with him? And so I ended up having a FaceTime mm -hmm. call. And Johnny was like, I'm going to do everything I can to um, try to get this book on the shelves. And I was like, no way. Like, you, that's not happening. And he was like, no, I, I seriously am. And so about three months after that, I get an email from a um, representative over at Zondervan. And uh, okay. they were basically like, we want to pick up your manuscript. Because how most publishers, publishing companies work, you just can't submit unsolicited work. You have to be represented by like um, an agent or someone has to present to them your work on their behalf. And so that's what Johnny really did for me. And I'm super grateful for that. And so they picked up my manuscripts. They loved it. It went through like eight more revisions after that. And then it hit the shelf um, in August, August 12th of 2017. And I wanted to do something different with that book. Um, I really didn't want to reap any royalty. And so when I told them that I wanted to donate all proceeds from this book, they actually increased the amount of royalty that I would receive. So typically an author receives about 42 to 47% in royalty. Well, they gave me 68% in royalty. That's over 50% yeah. of what I was, you know, of making off of this book. And for the first year, I donated it to a local um, autism, a private autism school here. I mean, that book made $53,000 in one year. And, um, wow. and so God is good and he's faithful. Um, and then a year and a half after that, it made it onto the Scholastic Book Club. And so that, I don't know if you remember in like elementary school and they would have yes, these like book yes, fairs yeah. and stuff. Um, and they would send home like the Scholastic um, catalog. So the book is now on part of the Scholastic Book Club and the Lord has just been super faithful. And because of the success of that book, um, Zondervan picked me up for two more books. And so I'm in the process of about to release book number two, which comes out next Friday. Um, it's called Born for Greatness. Um, and it's a 90 day devotional and journal for uh, teen boys. And so I'm really excited about that. Wow. Um, and that took me about 10 months to write. And I've prayed over every devotional. Um, I've met with my pastor and um, it's been read by a multitude of different people because I really just wanted it to be, well, one, I wanted to be, um, I don't want to be a heretic. I don't want nobody calling me out, you know? So yeah, I wanted yeah. to be biblically sound. And so, yeah, so that's what I'm prepping for right now and getting ready for this book to release. I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do through it. And heck yeah. That was a lot. Oh my gosh. This is what happens wow. when you ask me one question. I'll spend 20 minutes answering one question.
No, I'm so glad you did. I love that story. So, oh my gosh. I wow. <laughs> <laughs> I need to gather my thoughts. Wow. No, I I asked you that kind of selfishly because so about probably four yeah. years ago now, I worked in a kindergarten classroom. I was in uh, like a pair pro because I thought I wanted uh-huh. to be a teacher. Um, plot twist, like I didn't end up being a teacher, but because those two years in kindergarten really did it, did a number on me. But I loved the children's books and how far they've come and how they really are trying to bring diversity and all that so like I always had like a little dream to do that but how you just said that like that was so god ordained and I'm definitely gonna order it and I'm gonna order this devotional because he's like in about to be in fifth grade so heck yeah because he's been I've been having to watch him a lot because of this quarantine so I'm gonna give him this devotion so like you've already sold one um wow oh my gosh okay so on top of being yeah. a writer, you also sing. And you also said that you are a part of Elevation. I don't know. Do you sing there? They're a very musical church. No, so I'm not a part of the worship team or anything like that. We are a very <laughs> musical church. We just recently released a song last Friday called My Testimony. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. Um, I'm sure everyone's heard wow. the blessing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So that's a beautiful right? song. Our pastor, our pastor, like, prays it over us every Sunday at the end of church. And then when that song came yeah, out, I'm like, oh, my it's, God. It's so it. good. Um, I've been attending Elevation for about a year now. Um, Easter actually will be a year, which is crazy. And so I was invited I was invited by yeah. one of my best friends. And he serves on the worship team. And so I got connected through him and then just kind of got plugged. It's crazy, too, because when I attended the worship pastor at the time, she went in college, she was a special ed major. And so that's how we kind of like bonded. And I told her kind of my heart behind special needs Mm -hmm. ministry. Um, I talk to parents every day and parents are like, I I wish I could, my family could go to church at Elevation. We don't call them services. We call them experiences. You know, parents are like, I wish we Mm -hmm. could go to an experience, but we can't because my child has, you know, a need or they have elevated behaviors. And that just rocks mm-hmm. my world and like it really saddens my heart because families aren't really being able to be fed or just to fellowship with other believers because the church doesn't have the supports needed to you know to help their child and that's where the kind of yeah that's where the lord has called me into full-time ministry and i don't know what that aspect look like looks like but i do believe that there's a place in the church for families and individuals who have needs um jesus said i'm about to preach for a yeah. second jesus said that if i be <laughs> that if i be lifted up i'll draw all men we can't afford to like leave anyone aside um, and that these yeah. kids, these individuals were born in the same image, were made in the same image as you and I. Um, and I just think as a church, I don't want to say that we have to do better, uh, but we have to get to a better place of um, supporting um, these individuals. And so yeah. they asked me, we have this thing called YouthX, which is this big summer camp for youth in July. And they asked me to come on board last year to kind of help pioneer and it was the first year they offered youthx to special need individuals and so i kind of got to help pioneer and oversee um 
kind of that process and what that looked like. And it was super great and it was super successful. Um, and then after that, I just kind of stick with it and I call Elevation my home. I'm super plugged in. I serve in our eKids, which is our kids ministry. Um, and I do a lot with our, and I do a lot with our youth. Yeah. Wow. So you really are, you got, you have, you I, wear many hats. I you do. Wear many hats. I do. So what wh- I'm very, I like Elevation. I listen to the yeah. messages every, every Monday. It's, it's I love part that. of my routine. And he's a, he's 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 always preaching. I fire. love Pastor Stephen. I think he's I don't know. To me, he's one of the greatest communicators of the gospel. Um, and I just think he brings a different approach. I think he brings um, he's extremely tangible and extremely practical. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. we get caught up in this like church has to be super like I don't know. We get in these super spiritual like mindset and if you're not careful you'll become a pharisee um but yeah. he is just super relatable to the church like we're at the end of the day we're all human beings we all struggle and we all have different things that we need to work on and that's life and we work together you know we work through them as a church um together and so yeah yeah i, I have this thing i have this hashtag i say hashtag ain't that deep Because I think sometimes we can be way too spiritual. We can be way too deep. And it's just not, it ain't that deep. Trying to make some, you know, it's funny, you know, I'm not trying to make light of the coronavirus, but I keep hearing all these things, you know, this is a wake up call. The Lord's coming back soon. He is coming back soon, but it ain't, we ain't got, it ain't all that. Okay. Like. He's been, they've said soon since he left. So like, like, we really, really we, we really don't know. It's not that deep. We always trying to find something spiritual out of everything. Every generation you know? thinks it's it. Um, <laughs> we don't know. Uh, <laughs> I like that. Ain't that deep. I think I just found my title. But anyway, because um, this has been pretty deep. I am really enjoying this conversation. But you kind of dodged my question because you think <laughs> – so, have you always been able to sing? <laughs> oh gosh, I hate you right now. Um, I do. I have always been able to sing. I've been singing since I was like I don't know. Since I, I think I've been singing before I could actually walk. Um, so I've been singing a long time. Yes. Um, I, I mean, I grew up in a small black Baptist church. Like you don't have no. Your two options as a kid are to be a, a kid usher or to be in the choir. Those are your two. Matter of fact, you got to do both. So. <laughs> So, you know, I just, I've always been singing. My mom, well, that's a lie. I don't know why I said that. My mom does not sing. Um, (laughs) She does not sing. My sister sings. Um, My grandparents sing. So, I mean, I come from a pretty musical um, and artsy, like, family. My mom, like, did dance and stuff. So we've always been pretty artsy in that sense. But, yeah, I've always been singing in church. I did a lot of talent shows. My freshman year of high school, I won $100 first place because I sung Sign Sealed and Delivered by Stevie Wonder. Um, I still have, it's on YouTube. Wow. I will tell you how you can find it. But, <laughs> but yeah, I've been singing. Um, I've done a lot of musicals. I did 12 musicals in high school. Um, so, and then I did musicals in college. So, yeah, I've been singing a long time. 
And that is just something that you like to do for Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. I, I like mean, I love singing. You would ever. So when I was um, back in college, my freshman and sophomore year, um, I was on this team called Youth Quest, and we would travel to different churches and like lead worship. Mm-hmm. So I've done it in that aspect. People ask me all the time why I don't lead worship at church now. And I think for me, I know the gifts and talents like God has given me. And I know my lane and I'm not. I, I don't know. I think it can be easy to chase a platform, especially in a church like Elevation. It can yeah. be, it's really easy to just want to chase the spotlight or to say like, I'm connected with this person. And like, I know this person. Um, and that's just a heart mm-hmm. check. I struggle with pride. And so that's just something like every day I have to check myself on, but I think the Lord has called me to serving families and children. And so that's where I'm being obedient to in this season. Wow, that is so good. I feel like, you know, that story in the Bible where the one person had one talent yeah. and buried it and then the other people like they, they, they grew their gifts. And I feel like you, because you do know what lane you're in and you do know your gifts and your talents. I feel like that's why you can, you, you, you can do it all. Like, I feel like, like not, not trying to be like, give you any more pride, but like you have a big heart, you can write, you can sing, you can like honestly like preach like you were just preaching in this like it might not be like on a pot like on a platform but it's a podcast like you're preaching like you're doing all this and I think that is because you do know your lane and you do know your heart you're not trying to be yeah. something else. I will say so I, I will say this example. though the Lord super convicted me about a year ago um because there was a point of time where I was actually struggling. I was like, God, I know the assignment you have in my life. I know what you've called me to, but like, why aren't people getting it? Why aren't people understanding? Why are people misinterpreting like the visions that I have? And he was like, Micah, it's not about you. I don't, you know, it is only yeah. through grace that I even allow you to be used. Um, and yeah. so like, that is, I don't know, it was super convicting and it's a reality check I have to have for myself. Like everything that I do like it's not for me it's for the kingdom and i just have to completely take myself out of the out of the picture because it's completely about jesus so yeah, yeah. it all points to him and i think but that's what i'm saying but i think that a lot of people i don't know they want to be something else and they don't realize what they have and like what yeah. you have is enough and i think you do a good job of using what you have and that's why you can be in so many different areas because it all yeah. does point back to him. Um, so for all of this, like a lot of what you do is creative. And I mean, and a lot of what you do is also like very much, you have to be smart to do all the, like get a doctor and all that, but a lot of mm-hmm. things that you do are creative. So what makes you feel most inspired as a creative? Oh, wow. Like what is the oh, thing wow. that inspires you the most? Um, <laughs> <laughs> um... For me, I am just a lover of stories. And so I don't know. I'm a, I'm a communicator by word. Like I, I, I communicate mostly mm-hmm. by word. I'm inspired by, um, by words. And so I, I don't know. I'm just, uh, oh gosh, man, that's a hard, no, no, you're fine. that's a hard question though. Um, I'm inspired by vulnerability and truth um Mm -hmm. i think that 
like I said, even when I don't understand, or like when I can't understand you or I can't sympathize with what you're going through, but just to hear um, your story, like I just love listening to people's stories. I love, um, I love yeah. knowing where people come from. I love um, just hearing people's truth. That really inspires me because it, it forces, I don't want to say it forces, but it just propels me to be more open and to be more, um, to be more vulnerable. And so, yeah, I would say mostly I'm just in inspired by just like life and people's stories. I just want to get to know people. Um, and, and yeah. I, and I, and I write off of that a lot of times. Um, I'm extremely nostalgic. So, and I write a lot of poetry and I do blog a lot, but um, I love just like reminiscing and going back into the past and, um, and writing from past experience. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that answer. That's good. That's good. I think you can, like, that's very valid. And people inspire me too. That's why I keep going and keep trying to meet people because this is, yeah. I want to know their stories. And, and I get that 1000%. Yeah. Just a couple more questions. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but when you started all of this out, this journey, you know, the, the degrees, the books, all that, what is something that you wish you would have known starting out? Um, that I don't have to do everything at once. And I know yeah, kind of, in this current season it, to other people, it looks like I do do a lot because I do. But when I was younger, five, six years ago, I was just like a chaser. Like I had all of these visions and I wanted to do, 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 and I wanted to execute, but I never really wanted to go through the preparation process. And mm -hmm. if you're, mm. if you're not yeah. careful, you'll end up like Joseph and what happened to him, he spoke too soon. It wasn't that what the Lord told him wasn't true. He was valid, but he spoke too soon. And so um, for yeah. me, just learning to take one step at a time um, to really plan out my processes, because I have, I've tried to jump into things prematurely and they've failed. And I've wondered why they failed. And I'm like, God, these are great ideas. And the Lord's like, yeah, they were great ideas, but you didn't pray about it. You just wanted to do something because you wanted to do it. And so yeah. I've just learned over the years to really seek out and pray, um, but to also just really take my time and that there's no rush. Like I'm 27. Um, there's a whole future and there's a whole life ahead of me. And I am just really, I don't know. I feel like the Lord's put a blindfold over my, my eyes because I'm very type A in a lot of sense where I try to plan out the next seven steps. And he's like, nope, I just need you to focus on the step in front of you. Uh, one, because your steps are ordered. But two, so you don't miss out on the blessings and what I'm trying to teach you and show you right now. Oh, that's good. That's good. I think a lot of times, too, especially now, like our generation, like we can see everybody's highlight reel and we can see like, oh, well, this friend, they're getting married, they're having kids. And we can kind of like compare your step one to someone Come on. step 37. Good grief. <laughs> but no, yeah, I think you're. Um, Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was no good grief. You are so right. We, and this is why I'm really, so, I talk about the difference between gifts and talents so much because every 
every gift is a talent, but not every talent is a gift. And I think so often we look at other people mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can sing. Yeah, I can lead worship. But to my best friend who who is called to that, if I am so focused on his lane and what God has called him to, like, I miss out on like the really unique and special gifts that the Lord has given me. And it's yeah, I don't yeah. know. Stay in your own lane. Like <laughs> really just really embrace yeah, what the Lord sure. has like given you and run with that just because it's not public or just because it doesn't get all of the attention or the likes or the fame, like the people in scripture weren't famous because they wanted to be famous. They were famous because they wanted to be effective. And so, um, yeah. yeah, just, just because it doesn't get attention. And I think we all crave attention. Like I'd be lying if I said, I didn't want to be praised for the things that I, you know, that I do. Um, but just run with God, what God has given you, um, because that's what's going to take you the furthest. That's what's going to impact the kingdom the most. And if you don't get, you know, the praises and the crowns on this side of heaven, good grief, you'll get them on the other side. That is so good. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I could just talk for like four hours, but I'm not I, I know you have things to do. So what are some things that you're working on right now in this season? Like, what are you learning or what are you yeah. preparing for? Um, I think personally, the or thing both. that I'm working through spiritually is that like all my friends are basically gone. I like live in Lynchburg by myself and I've been craving community for a long time, mm -hmm. but I didn't really realize that accountability is a byproduct of byproduct of community and so I wanted friends and I wanted a circle but I didn't want accountability and the Lord was like mm, it doesn't work like that um, you don't get accountability at your own expense and so um, yeah, the Lord has well. just been placing a really some solid people in my life and they are just growing me and pushing me to be the better person that I can be and the better person that God has called me to be. So that's kind of what I'm working through right now. And my word for 2020 is pace. <laughs> um, and just, and just learning to wow. um, pace myself um, in everything that I do, just because I said, like, I have so many visions and dreams and I have a lot of different interests and hobbies. But um, if you dabble in everything, you never get good at one thing. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to pace myself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. things that like I'm have going on really nothing. I have a book coming out next week and school. That's it. <laughs> oh, nothing. Oh, nothing. Just a book, you know. <laughs> wow. No, I like that pace word because it is a race. You know, you don't want to just like yeah. it's not a sprint; it's a race. And wow, that's good. And. Where so can everywhere find books are sold. Book. So uh, you can go to <laughs> you can go to your local <laughs> barn, Barnes and Noble store, Amazon. Amazon, I mean, Amazon really is the way to go if you're really trying to get a book these days. Um, and with COVID going on, you can't go to Barnes and Noble anyway. So um, right now, yes. So this one's called this Born for called? Greatness. Define circumstances, walking in purpose, and it's a. It's a wow. journal and devotional for um, uh, teen boys, middle school, high school age boys. Um, and it's super practical. Um, it's super down to earth. It's not, you know, one of those journals that are on a, such a high spiritual level. Like you have no idea what they're talking about. 
um, but it's just really practical to this generation and the things that they're facing and they're going through and how they can overcome them. Did you journal or read the Bible and do stuff like, did you grow up yeah. all the way in church? No, 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 I'm you're sorry. good. I, I grew up in church, <laughs> but I didn't really have a walking relationship with Christ until I came to college. Um, like I could tell you that Jesus died on the cross. Like I could, I could tell you A, B, and C, all the books of the Bible, all the scripture verses, but there wasn't that sanctification. There wasn't me really walking with Jesus. Um, but yeah, going to college is where yeah. my, I really began to take my faith seriously and just really fell in love with, with Jesus and God. And so, uh, but for this, I did a lot of it. Like I said, it took me, um, 10 months to write, but I would say at least four months of preparation before that. Um, and like I said, I mean, my pastor, um, people that I really look up to and respect, um, they re they've read all 90 of these devotionals um, to make sure that they are biblically sound. I mean, I've had topics and things I specifically wanted to talk about. The thing about being published through uh, something like Zondervan is that they there is a lot of control on their end. So I wrote about mm, 200 devotionals um, and we had to narrow yeah. it down to 90. Um, and so they have a lot of control and kind of, you know, what devotionals are going to go in the book, but no, it's been, it's been a really cool process. Um, they trust me and that's really awesome. And I'm a nobody. I'm not a best selling author. I'm an absolute, no one knows who I am. Um, but like, yeah. it, you know, I, I don't know, inspiring. like, if you are obedient and you are faithful, God will open doors and sit you at tables where the CEO and janitor, like, meet. <laughs> like, I'm the jan like, I'm the janitor. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I'm the nobody. But it just proves <laughs> that, like, obedience wins every time. And I'm not saying that because, like, I have some type of credential or accolade behind my name, but I've just seen it in my own life. Um, and I'm a testament of that. And when people ask me, like, what is one thing I can encourage somebody with is that just be obedient, whether how hard, you know, no matter how hard it is, um, if you are obedient, and you are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, um, the Lord will bless you. And yeah, that's like the biggest encouragement I can ever give someone be obedient. Wow. I love that. And I think that is a great note to end on. Um, is there anything else you would like uh, to say? Thank you for having me on. Out? You are awesome. Um, if you're watching this, watch, go back and watch all of her podcasts if you haven't, because they are fire. <laughs> they are dope. And I'm just super proud of you. Um, just watching you be obedient um, to what the Lord has called you to do. And I know that these podcasts are, are helping people um, and they are so beneficial to so many and I just can't wait to see how the Lord uses this um, and he's going to grow it and he's going to make it bigger. And he's literally preparing you for the nations. And I mean that. And I say that with all sincerity. Um, so I'm proud of you. And thank you. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Stop. Wow. No. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Can you tell everybody your social medias and um Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Micah I Davis. That's M-I-C-A-H-I Davis. Um, and that's the same for in Instagram and Twitter. Um, and my books, my first one is called Being Monsters, a poetic tool book. 
um, for children. And then my second book that's coming out next Friday, April 17th, is called Born for Greatness, um, Walk Defying Circumstances, Walking in Purpose. I butchered my own book title. Um, And you can get it anywhere (laughs) books are sold. So yeah, check me out on Instagram, follow me, and I can't wait to connect with you guys. I love you guys. All right. Thank we you. love you. Thank you. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'll check. Well, guys, that concludes another quarantine interview and another episode of the Tana Talks podcast. Next episode will be number 20. I can't believe it, guys. I'm so excited and grateful for everyone that's been along on this journey so far. I truly believe the best is always yet to come. I hope you guys loved Micah. Follow all of his socials, buy his new book, buy his old book. Just support everything he does. He's a really great guy. Love ya, mean it.